Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of La Liga Lowdown, hosted by me, Ewan McTeer. In this episode, we continue our club podcast series by bringing you the story of Villarreal, a club that has cemented itself as one of the best in all of Spain in the 21st century. They've had some special moments, and we start the episode by listening back to a few of them here. Corre Denis Suárez, la Bruno Pocher, la última. No la toca Traoré. Denis Suárez va a marcar Suárez, va a marcar Suárez, va a marcar We heard some of Villarreal's highlight moments there, all of them from their runs in European competition, because that's something that's really come to define the club. We heard them knocking out Inter Milan in the Champions League in 2006. We heard them scoring goals against historic European sides like Porto, Roma and Liverpool. Because it's in Europe that Villarreal have really had some epic nights. So let's find out how it all began. And we'll do so with Roman de Arcaire first up. After listening to the Villarreal club hymn, Roman will bring us this special club's origin story. The fortunes of Villarreal Club de Football in the 20th century were a lot less glamorous than those of the side we now often see playing in Europe. The first incarnation of the club was founded on the 10th of March 1923 in the town of Villarreal in Castellón by a small group of locals keen to promote football in the area. 
Club Deportivo Villarreal was born, but the members needed a pitch. The club's owners bought 10 Carib tree fields, leveled them out and built a small building for the players. The field was known as El Madrigal and was located where the team's current Estadio de la Cerámica stands today. The color yellow may now be synonymous with Villarreal, but the team first played in white shirts and black shorts as these were the most easily accessible materials at the time. The club played its first fixture five months after its foundation, a friendly against Castellón side Red Star. They only took part in the regional competitions at first, but in 1936 they looked to take the leap into professional football with a promotion to the national second division, but lost out to Cartagena in the playoffs. The next year, Villarreal finally won the first regional division, but the outbreak of the Spanish Civil War ended any hopes of promotion. The conflict destroyed the pitch and club facilities, leaving them homeless. In 1942, the Spanish Football Federation set a deadline for all clubs to repair their pitches, but neither the town hall nor the owners had money to spare. Without a field to play on, the club dissolved. But locals now had an appetite for football, so instead local tournaments between fan groups took place. The most important of these was Club Atlético Foguetecaz, the unusual name coming from the initials of the club's founders. They took on both the colors and even former players of defunct Club Deportivo Villarreal and quickly gained popularity. When in 1945 the town hall suggested that one of the fan groups register with Valencia Football Federation, it was Foguetecaz that stepped up. A club referendum only supported the move by a single vote, but it was enough. In 1947, Villarreal got its team back. It was at this point that the club adopted its famous yellow shirts. When Manolo Villanova went to Valencia to buy kits for the new club, the shop had run out of white shirts. He went with yellow instead and the change was also reflected in the club's badge, which was previously black and white. The club played under the name CAF Villarreal until 1954, when the current name was adopted. Shortly after, the club made its debut in the National 3rd Division, where it stayed for five seasons before returning to the regional 4th tier. The tile industry in the town took off in the 1960s, in line with Spain's economic boom. The club benefited from this, with former player and tile businessman Pascual Fon de Mora Chabrera assuming the presidency. He delivered on his promise of promotion almost immediately and in 1970 the club came through an unusual three-legged playoff final with Bilbao Atletico to reach Segunda División for the first time. The first two legs had both finished 2-1 to the home sides. With no extra time or penalties, a decider was needed at a neutral venue. Real Madrid's Estadio Santiago Bernabéu hosted a 2-1 win for El Submarino Amarillo and the players returned home as heroes. And no, the club supporters weren't huge Beatles fans. The nickname actually came from a group of young fans that attended games with a record player. They played the song Yellow Submarine by Los Mustang, the Spanish version of the Beatles classic. It was essentially the same song, but much more popular in Spain. Villarreal's two-season stint in Segunda ended in 1972, marking the start of another yo-yo period. Time spent in the 4th and 3rd tiers followed, and by the end of the 1980s, the club found itself in financial peril. Fortunes started to change though, and back-to-back -back promotions brought a return to Segunda in 1992. By 1994, new legislation required football clubs to become public limited sports companies, meaning privately owned. It was a law that many saw as taking football away from the fans, but it actually saved Villarreal. 
billionaire businessman Fernando Roch, a significant shareholder in Spanish supermarket chain Mercadona, became the new owner and president of the club in 1997 and promised to achieve promotion to La Liga within two seasons. He did it in one. Investment brought better players to the club, as did an agreement with Valencia Club de Football that saw young players come in on loan. Under coach José Antonio Irulegui, Villarreal finished in fourth position in 1997-98, securing a two-match playoff against Compostela, who had finished 17th in La Liga. After a goalless draw at home, an Alberto Saavedra Braza goal in Galicia sent Villarreal to Primera for the first time in its history. Villarreal's debut in Primera didn't go to plan. An 18th place finish set up a relegation playoff against Sevilla and two defeats sealed their fate. Nobody panicked though, and the following season brought an instant return to the top flight. After a slow start to the campaign, Paquito came in as coach and guided the club to a third place finish and, with it, automatic promotion in 2000. That promotion marked the start of Villarreal's golden era. So that was Villarreal's early history, but as Roman said, their 21st century story has been a lot more glamorous. So let's get into that, and we do so with Paco Pollitt picking up the narration. After achieving promotion once again to Primera in summer 2000, Villarreal had the daunting task of finally consolidating their position in the top flight after their short stint only two seasons before. It wasn't an easy goal, but the momentum gathered and smart decision-making on transfers allowed the club to not only remain in La Liga but also slowly creep into European competitions as an absolute unknown, an outsider who got their first ever shot in the UEFA Cup in the 2003-2004 season. That year is regarded as one of the club's highlights to date after the signing of Argentinian midfielder Juan Román Riquelme, who joined players such as Sonny Anderson, Arrua Barrena, Pepe Reina, Joan Capdevila, Marco Sena or Santi Cazorla in an all-star squad who battled in Europe till they got to the UEFA semi-finals, getting knocked out by Valencia in an unprecedented Valencian derby. In La Liga they finished 8th, but a few months later they won the Intertoto Cup for the second time and once again entered the European fray. In the dugout then was Chilean architect Manuel Pellegrini. Under him, Villarreal reached peak performance in the following five seasons, thanks to the talent of their players, incredible signings such as striker Diego Forlan and Pellegrini's expertise. In his first season, Villarreal finished third in La Liga. The following year, the Yellow Submarine delivered masterclass after masterclass in the Champions League till they faced Arsenal in the semi-finals. Riquelme had the chance to get his team to the final, but missed a penalty in the 90th minute, a devastating blow in an otherwise outstanding overall performance. Such heartbreak followed months later, and Riquelme left the club after plenty of arguments with the coach and the board. Villarreal did well in the final stretch and ended the 2006-2007 season on a high note, finishing fifth. However, the summer would be bittersweet after Diego Forlan was transferred to Atletico de Madrid. The team charged forward again and with a couple of high-profile signings such as Italian forward Giuseppe Rossi or goalkeeper Diego Lopez, Villarreal once again thrashed the competition and captured their best sport in the table to date, a second place in the 2007-2008 season with a whopping 77 points, which remains the most impressive display in their history. In Pellegrini's final season, they ended fifth and once again met their demise in the Champions League at the hands of Arsenal, this time in the quarterfinals. 
After Pellegrini left for Real Madrid in summer 2009, Villarreal underwent a deep restructuring process guided by the sporting mastermind Jose Manuel Llaneza, possibly the most crucial individual alongside President Fernando Roch in the 21st century. He had been responsible for all of the scouting and smart transfers with South American stars coming to the club. This time, however, they wanted to foster youth talent and make their academy to grow. Their budget was slowly reduced the following years, and even though Ernesto Valverde was signed as the replacement for Pellegrini, things didn't work out and was soon sacked from his job. B-team coach Juan Carlos Garrido kept the team at a good competitive level for two seasons. He was in turn replaced by Jose Francisco Molina in December 2011, with the team plagued with up to 10 injured players and Santi Cazorla having left the previous summer. The season was finished with Miguel Ángel Lotina in the dugout, with a dramatic ending on May 13, 2012. After a 1-0 defeat with a Radamel Falcao goal against Atleti, Villarreal ended a 12-year run in the top flight and were relegated. It was a truly defining moment for a team who had flown too close to the sun and was paying the price. But again, President Fernando Roch, his son Fernando Roch Negueroles and sporting director Jose Manuel Llaneza didn't lose their nerve and decided to start from scratch. A big push was delivered to their academy, consolidating and improving their training grounds and generating one of the best youth development programs of the country. Julio Velázquez didn't work out and soon was replaced by Marcelino García Toral, who propelled the team to gain access to promotion only 12 months after being relegated. Under Marcelino, Villarreal again became a powerhouse in La Liga and earned a spot in European competitions. With the Asturian manager in charge, a big number of homegrown players such as Bruno Soriano or Jaume Costa became the leaders of a squad full of talent. They even reached yet another European semi-final, this time in the Europa League against Liverpool. However, a fallout between the manager and the board resulted in his firing in summer 2016, just weeks before the season started and with Villarreal taking part in that season's Champions League qualifiers, which they lost to Monaco. Fran Escriba was the replacement and he did well enough in the 2016-2017 season, finishing in European spots, but he was replaced the following year by Javi Calleja. The former Villarreal player has the dubious honour of having started the 2018-2019 season with the team, being sacked after matchday 15 with Luis García Plaza taking the job, and once again being signed after matchday 21 by Villarreal. The season ended with quite a bit of suffering, but with the team avoiding the drop to segunda. One of the crucial players to help achieve this was the prodigal son Santi Cazorla, who had returned to Villarreal back in summer 2018 after a long-term injury and with even a few doctors saying he would never have the chance to play football again. Luckily, they were wrong. Both Cazorla and injury-prone Bruno Soriano, two legends of the club, left in summer 2020 after yet another great season for Villarreal, finishing fifth and entering once again the UEFA Europa League. Unai Emery was appointed as the new coach and another crucial member of the club, Jose Manuel Llaneza, retired after his 25-year stint in the club. In the 21st century, Villarreal only spent one single season in Segunda and consolidated their success as one of Spain's most attractive playing sides. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Real really have become an attractive club for the style of football and for the fact that they just seem to do things the right way. They've had some very well-respected and admired players and coaches over the years too, so we're going to move on now to the section in these podcasts where we hear about club legends. We've got Alex Brotherton to do that. So here's Alex with his three picks for all-time Villarreal icons, starting with a player admired the world over. Few players in the world can inspire joy on a football pitch quite like Santi Cazorla can. To watch the midfield maestro play is to see football in its most beautiful, purest form. Villarreal fans were lucky. Cazorla spent three separate spells at the club. He first joined Villarreal in 2003 from Real Oviedo at the age of 17 and progressed through the reserve ranks before making his senior debut that November. In 2006, he left to Recreativo de Huelva, but returned a year later to help Villarreal to a second-place finish in La Liga. He famously rejected a move to Real Madrid in 2008, saying, There are many other things in football besides Real Madrid. His first major injury came in April 2009, when he injured his right fibula in a game against Almeria. Further setbacks the following season caused him to miss Spain's World Cup triumph. In 2011, he left for Malaga before joining Arsenal in 2012, where despite suffering numerous horrendous injuries, he became one of the world's best creative playmakers. In 2018, the historian returned to Villarreal in suitably magical fashion. At his unveiling at El Madrigal, a magician filled a glass tube with smoke and Cazorla appeared inside. 2019-20 was his last and best season in yellow. 11 goals and 10 assists helped his side to Europa League qualification. There'll never be another like Santi. Manuel Pellegrini is the most successful coach in Villarreal's 98-year history. The Chilean was appointed in the summer of 2004 after a promising 8th place league finish, but he guided the club to the next level. In his first season, only Villarreal's 6th top flight campaign, he secured a 3rd place finish with an attractive brand of attacking football. Only Barcelona and Real Madrid bettered his side's tally of 69 goals scored. Seventh and fifth place finishes followed before all expectations were surpassed in 2007-2008. Villarreal enjoyed a dream season, finishing a club record second, beating the likes of Barcelona home and away and qualifying for the Champions League group stage. He stayed for one more season, 
before Real Madrid came calling for the highly sought-after coach in 2009. Of the 190 La Liga games Pellegrini took charge of at Villarreal, 92 ended in victory. In all competitions, he sat in the dugout for 259 games, a club record. But one Villarreal legend stands above all others. Nobody has ever put their body on the line for their club quite like Bruno Soriano. The defensive midfielder, born just 20 kilometres from La Ceramica, very nearly didn't join the club. Between 16 and 19, he worked in a mine with his dad, until scouts noticed his talent during a weekend game. All 425 of Bruno's professional appearances were for Villarreal. Between 2006 and 2020, he shielded his defence in La Liga, in Europe and even in Segunda. He rejected a lucrative offer from Valencia and instead signed an eight-year contract extension before leading his club back to La Liga in 2013. But what really underlined the captain's dedication and love for the club was his return from injury. By 2017, Bruno was feeling pain in his knee. There was a problem with his patella ligament, but a series of operations and treatments failed. He ended up missing almost three full seasons, but on the 22nd of June 2020, after three years, one month and one day sidelined, he returned. After the physical and psychological battles he'd been through in order to play again for the club of his heart, there was barely a dry eye amongst the players and staff. At the end of 2019-20, Bruno retired aged 36. He's an inspiration to us all. Absolutely. Bruno Soriano is a legend, a one-club man, and above all, a Villarreal fan. We're going to round off this podcast now by talking all about the fans. Villarreal is a city of just over 50,000 people, but they do attract fans from all across the region of Castellón, and they do create a bustling atmosphere. So, to find out about that atmosphere, let's speak to Villarreal fan Robin Stacey, who lived there for a year and who still goes to games when he can. He tackles the question of what is the match day atmosphere at the Estadio de la Ceramica all about. How to describe VRL on match day is an amazing question because it's such an amazing experience. It's a beautiful, surreal scenario that you'll never find in any other football club in the world, I guarantee it. So what they've created there is just this sort of remote area of Spain, this small city slash town has become a metropolis for football. The whole place lives for VRL Football Club. The stadium itself, it's, it's a modern stadium, but it's coated in ceramic tiles because that's what the club is all about. That's what the community is about, these ceramic tiles. And the club wanted to embrace that spirit. And that's, it's surreal. It's, it's this stadium that's coated in these tiles and the Spanish sun just reflects off these tiles to make it look like this golden thing. Something you expect to find in ancient Egypt. It's beautiful just to go and look at the stadium itself. Now on match day, you'll turn up at the train station and you'll look at it thinking, is this it? Is, is this what VRL, you know, this, this massive club that's VRL, is this what it's all about? Because this place looks exactly like every other town I've just passed on the train. And it's unique. It's beautiful. Because you walk straight down that street, again, looks a bit basic. Turn right and you will see the beautiful, massive modern stadium. Everything is suddenly coated in yellow because that yellow football strip is what every single Spanish football fan knows VRL as that unique club. Not just for the Champions League stuff, but also what Fernando Roig has kind of created, this kind of legacy. Um, is probably the best way of describing it, but he's still going on. So it's beautiful and it's going to continue growing. Now, match day itself... As I said, the fans just flood out their back gardens, their flats and everything, just basically 
centimeters away from the stadium because everyone lives within that vicinity. The bars become alive, the flags are raising. Every experience is a unique experience and it's magical every time I went um, to the games. I, I went, I had a season ticket practically for the whole year and I went to more or less every single game and it was amazing. I met so many beautiful, welcoming fans. They were so nice. And the problem is that as a local, as, as a visitor, yes, you do stand out, but that's only because everyone knows everyone. Everyone grew up with everyone. Everyone's saying, attends the same paella dinners, everyone goes to the same discotheques, everyone goes to the same events and everyone knows everyone. And that's what's so magical about it because it really is a family club that everyone's weekends live for those matches of Villarreal. You don't see Madrid shirts, you don't see Barcelona shirts in Villarreal, everything is Villarreal. Ex-players and current players just walk down the streets and you know, they're treated like normal people and it's beautiful to watch. I came out of the Mecadona one time and I saw Marcus Senna and Robert Perez having a natter in the street. It was amazing. These legends of football just having a natter in the street. It was beautiful and they were so welcoming. Every time I go to VRL, it's a magical experience. And I have so many great memories of VRL Football Club on match day. And just being part of that community is magical. And I really recommend anyone it's worth a visit and well and truly worth the money. Definitely go and always, yeah, just be part of it. Love to hear Robin's passion for Villarreal there, and I absolutely agree. Do go and see Villarreal if you can. For now, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode about the club. I've enjoyed putting it all together, and I want to thank then all the contributors. That's Roman de Arker, Paco Pollitt, Alex Brotherton, and Robin Stacey. I've been your host, Jim McTeer, and remember, we are La Liga Lowdown, and we have many more podcast episodes available. For now, many thanks for listening to this one. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.